socks. Go, 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 go. Let's go, 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 White Sox. Chicago is proud of you. This is White Sox Weekly, the Chicago baseball conversation on the new flagship home of the Sox. 720 WGN. Indeed, White Sox Weekly, a little earlier than expected today. That's what we do on the fly here at Guaranteed Rate Field. Rain delay going on. White Sox leading the Blue Jays 4-1, bottom five. My name is Mark Harmon. You are Andy Mazur. I am. We are, uh, we're going to have a little brief convo here with Roger Bossard. Who, Seems appropriate. Right? I, you know, I, I thought that today was going to be all right. Did you know the rain was coming today? Uh, I had heard rumors about it coming later. I didn't think it was going to come this early. See? Sometimes the weatherman doesn't you know, know everything. And usually my weather knee will tell me uh, a couple hours in advance. It just uh, it was a false reading today. What did you do to your knee again? Uh, it's an old high school track and field injury. I thought I thought it was on the softball diamond. And well, the second one was the softball diamond. See, same knee, see. Uh, you know, same situation. So, but you're a multi-sport injured athlete. Yeah, it's you, true. You get Baseball, some love for that. track. So here, let's bring in Roger real quick as we get White Sox weekly rolling. And uh, yes, Roger Bossard, it's been uh, quite the. The weather this spring, we got snow, we got rain, we got uh, all sorts of things going on. Has it been easy or super, super difficult for you because you're very talented? Yeah, you know, with no question. I know last year we had a tough May. We had close to eight inches of rain. Uh, we're in the middle of May right now, and we've had five. So we actually might beat last year. What made it so difficult for me this year was we've had a lot of day games, and it just so happened that the night before three of the day games, I had at least two to three inches of snow. So a little bit of a challenge this year. I've been waiting for this 85-degree day, and I finally we got one. I don't know where it's going to happen after today, but uh, been a challenging year. So... Right, it's not just rain; it's the snow. What, what does that What does that mean for you coming in? Okay, it snowed last night. It's forty two degrees out here. It's brutal. Well, you know, there's a lot of little tricks of the trade to do, and one of them, of course, I I do have some snow plows. Or also, I use my mowers. I've used that actually. John Deere liked hearing that from me. Uh, but you know what? I'll turn my system check, on check, my check, irrigation check. system. City water comes out at forty eight to fifty degrees. So if yeah. I get two inches or less, I literally can get rid of that in about four or five hours. Hey, do we have two breaks this uh, this half hour? Wow. 48 to 50 for our city water. Do you recommend that we drink this city water? What do you say, Roger? Do you know anything about that? Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah you can definitely drink city water. I think one of the other tricks, too, is, and I don't... <clears throat> I don't want homeowners to be doing this, but I'll also put fertilizer on. Uh, a black color, black fertilizer, literally will give me another four or five degrees heat on the snow. It actually helps me melt the snow. Just a little trick. Now, all the homeowners, don't go out and do that all the time, uh, but it does work for me. So we're getting the tricks of the trade here. So when, for you, a guy who's been around the ballpark his whole life, when is the most beautiful moment of the day looking out at the field? Is it like right when the sun's coming up? Is when everybody's left for the day? These are the things that I think about. Because when I walk into the ballpark in the morning right now when we're talking, it's so pretty. It's just, it's, there's like not, I mean, the Grand Canyon's beautiful, but almost, you know, guaranteed right field at, at 9 a.m. You can't beat it. I can answer that real quick. My best days are when the team's out of town and it's a Sunday morning. And I come in here. I remember my dad and I years ago when dad was here, we'd come in and on a Sunday morning, nobody's around. You get so much work done and it's very pleasant. And especially when you're walking on your beautiful lush green grass, that always helps. One story about Dad before we go. Uh, you know what? Dad was here when we had the infamous disco demolition. And i got to tell you, that was one night where we both looked at each other and wondered, are we actually doing the right thing? <laughs> but it turns out that was the only night. Roger, great to see you. Oh, thank you so much. So there you go, Roger Bossard. 
48 to 50 degrees, that's city water, Annie Mazer. That's the best temperature you could ever ask for. Did you know that you could put fertilizer on your grass and that it would help melt the snow? I bet you didn't know that. Well, I did know that a little bit because that's the same concept as the, you know, the road salt, you know, the salt that you throw on there to, to kind of melt things. Right? Fertilizer is the well, same yeah, concept? It's the, yeah, it's the same concept. You throw something on there, it's a little warmer and... See, I, I, that that was that was news for me right there. It's okay. I've been I've been studying with Roger. Uh, you know, he's been teaching me a little bit about uh, about things because you know, I can't I can't grow grass at my house, so I've gone to him for help. Well, that's that's a beautiful thing. I, by the way, it should be noted you're you're going with the White Sox on the road here to Houston on yeah, Monday. Yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be in for uh, for Darren for the four game series in Houston. Me, uh, myself, and Ed will be bringing you the broadcasts and. Uh, DJ, some well-earned time off. Good job for uh, good job for DJ. Of course, well-earned and, uh, and a great opportunity for you to go on the road. Go on the road to Houston. Hello. When's the last time you were on the road in Houston doing a game, Andy Mazur? Uh, in your baseball history. Twenty thirteen. Okay. Yeah, about twenty thirteen. Okay. I think Houston misses me. Houston, I'll just just to give you a little tip. I think I've told you this off the air. La Nymphas Cafe, well, some of the best Mexican cool, nice. I've ever had okay. in my life. All right, cool. It's, it's, I'll it's, check it out. It's a, it's it's a it's a for sure winner. That's not going to be an easy series for the White Sox now. No, I mean uh, Houston right now rolling nine in a row, and uh, you, you never want to really catch a team when they're on fire, especially they've been winning on the road as well. And they're uh, they're putting things together. They're, they've been without Altuve for a little bit as well, and they're still figuring out ways to win. No, Bregman, is a, he's a stud. It, it's just impressive how they've been very consistent, yeah. little, winning the World Series, and just being there every, mm-hmm. every, you know, year after year after year at this point. 4-1 Sox, by the way. This is White Sox Weekly. We're in the bottom of the fifth. Rain delay at Guaranteed Rate Field. The rain's still coming down here. We are hoping to have baseball at some point. Let's take a quick time out here, though. We'll come on back. And uh, we caught up with Yolmer Sanchez. Yolmer making that transition from third to second and also scoring on a sweet suicide squeeze play this week with the Ryan Cordell the plate that helped the White Sox win a ball game with her from Yomer next on White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN. White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN, or Carmen Andy Mazur. Andy, when you look out there right now, it's still raining, but do you detect a certain level of lightness that perhaps makes you think baseball is at least somewhere in our future? Can I be honest? Yeah. Uh, no. Really? I think it looks a little lighter. Uh, the sky might be a little lighter, but the rain is not any lighter. Yeah, we do have some. The rain is still falling. This is all true. Yeah. Uh, all right. A reminder: Family Sundays feature tickets as low as five dollars in the upper level, fifteen bucks in the lower level. Parking for only ten dollars. Plus, you get special family family focused activities located throughout the ballpark. Family Sundays proudly presented by Coca Cola. Grab an ice cold Coca Cola and enjoy the game. Visit whitesocks.com slash Sundays to purchase your tickets today. Going to talk to Yomer Sanchez in a second here. Thoughts on Yomer so far this year? It's been a tough go for him a little bit. You know, he got off that real slow start uh, offensively, and I think it was affecting his defense a little bit as well. But, uh, and I talked to him during that slump that he was in, and he was getting criticized from some people for, you know, walking through the dugout, smiling, and, you know, just like he didn't have a care in the world. But, What's he supposed to do? You know, I mean, what's the guy supposed to do? Is he supposed to start crying on the dugout bench? Is he supposed to start uh, smashing Gatorade things? I mean, he is who he is, and that's how he got here, and that's how he continued to get out of that because he knew that the law of averages were going to start to even out for him eventually. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys will talk about this during the interview too, but, uh, you know, the adjustment, he has played second base before, but you get used to a spot last year. He was at third base at pretty much every game. It's a great 
point that you bring up. I'm glad you, you mentioned his demeanor, and mm-hmm. I, I touch on that in here. Like the fact that he's a happy guy every day should knock that. You want that guy on your team, absolutely. You don't want that. to walk into the clubhouse and you got all these morose dudes who are in their own world and are not are not fun to be around. Yeah. And Yolmer's not, you know, messing with people's routines. No, and and it's not like he doesn't care. I mean that that's that's the misconception. To me, because just because you're smiling doesn't mean it's not nagging at you. Doesn't mean it's not grinding on you. Doesn't mean that you don't feel that you're you're letting your team down. It's just that he has to go about his business the way he goes about things, and it's always worked for him. And he doesn't want to change his personality because of what is going on with him. He tried, and it was it was excellent that he brought up. And I, I asked him about this too when I talked to him earlier. And I don't want to steal any of your thunder, but I asked him about steal. Go ahead. I asked him, you know, if he feels now that he's not hitting, and this was way back at the beginning of the season if he felt like he needed to contribute in other ways. And he said, he looked at me, he started smiling. He goes, absolutely. He says, whether it's me picking somebody up on the bench because they struck out or because they made an error, or if, if I, I take the extra base on a, on a play to the outfield, or if I make a diving catch, or if I make the right play at second base, that is stuff that made him happy. And that he said, listen, if I'm not hitting, at least I'm contributing in some form or fashion. That's a teammate right there. Absolutely right. And it's also, uh, hey, if that contri- if that contribution is running out of the dugout with the Gatorade bucket and drilling somebody. Go for right, it, man. Let's have some fun. Hey, head to the ballpark for Dollar Hot Dogs every Wednesday home game this season. Take advantage of this unbeatable deal on Wednesday, May 29th, as the Sox take on the Royals. That's a 7-10 first pitch. It's brought to you by Securian Financial, who can help you make every moment count. Find out more at Securian.com. For tickets, visit WhiteSox.com slash Dollar Dogs today. All right, on that note, let's bring in and say hello to Yomer Sanchez. Yomer, what's up? How are you? You were trolling my interview with Charlie Tilson. You stood behind me. Do you, would you like to apologize? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> like like Conor McGregor said, I want, I want to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. <laughs> Do you watch UFC? Oh, I love Conor McGregor. I I don't I see a couple fights, but every time when he fight, I try to you know, see watch a fight. How do you think you do in the octagon? I think I can I can go of a uh, zero losses, twenty wins, twenty knockout. Twenty and zero. Yeah. So you're you're an underrated strong guy. Yeah, yeah. I gonna call a uh, corner and see what if he he wanna get his ass beat. Maybe you guys should train together. That'd be cool. So t- tell me about the squeeze play. You get the sign. You got Ryan on, uh, at the plate. You get the sign. Welcome to Guaranteed Rate Field, everybody. You get the sign. How confident are you that Ryan Cordell is actually ready to, to uh, bunt the ball and not take your head off swinging? Oh, 100%. 100% when you 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 know your team, you, you know your teammate, and you know that you, they know the signs, he's, he's not going to make a mistake right there. And I was 100% confident that we're going to score that one. So you're on third year. You're looking in the dugout. Are you seeing it from Ricky before you see it from Nick? How does that work for you? No, I try to be. Uh, I try to see a uh, uh, Nick uh, copy all, all the time. Even when in, uh, in the dugout, I try to 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 see him. And you know, it's, that's how you practice sign, and you don't have to make the sign. And uh, that's why you know I think I, I'm ready in in any occasion. Let's talk about you uh, playing second base. People are wondering if it's putting too much on your plate, infect, affecting you at you know when you're hitting. Is, is any truth to that? No, not really. I try to 
separate separate those things. You know, when I'm playing different, he's playing different. When I'm hitting, he's hitting. That's it. Even if I go all for four, I, th- I I know I have the chance to help my team do, uh, playing different, and that's what I try to do. You know, uh, uh, at the beginning of the season, I have a lot a little uh, rough time. I make four errors, but you know, I keep I keep working hard, and you know, I think uh, the team's going better now. I saw you taking grounders at short today. You feel comfortable there too? I'm assuming you can. I'm, I'm assuming you do. Yeah, I feel good. You know, I feel good, but I uh, I sometimes I uh, take ground ball in short. Help me to move my feet more. Second base, you don't have to move your feet uh, uh, too much, and I think that helped me with my my feet and my my throw. You know, second base when second base is no long throw, so I had to keep my my arm loose. So I, that's why I take a more short stop. You played a pretty good third base last year, did you not? Uh, I think so. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I like to when people say I don't like to to say you know oh, I play good uh, good third base, but. Uh, I, I believe in my talent. I believe that I can play different, in, you know, in third, second, or short. And uh, whatever, my, whatever my team needs from me, I'm going to be there. Is it a bigger adjustment than you thought it would be? Because you're confident I can play anywhere, but then doing it every day, I mean, it is a different spot. Yeah, you know, you, you have to make adjustment. You have to make adjustment. And if the team asks you to play third, you know, I'm going to do my best and, you know, be ready. Yomer, how can I have as much fun as you? What do I? What do I need to do to? I mean, you don't know me at all. But if I was, if you were going to give a recommendation to somebody, live life like me, what would you say? Because you, you always got a smile on your face. I always say you all, you only live one, you know, and you have to enjoy every second. Uh, you know, I wake up every day and I say thank God for everything I have, for my family, uh, for for do what I love, uh, which is play baseball. I've been playing baseball since I was three and a half years old. And I'm still doing it, you know, and uh, that's a bless. I just want to, I just say thanks to God every day when I wake up. That's it, and smile, you know, make make people uh, laughing, make people happy. That's, that makes me happy. So that's who I am. I don't try to be somebody else. I don't try to be, oh, uh, you know, I just try to be me, and that's, that's me. Do you remember as a kid dreaming it like I'm going to be in the big league someday, or did it just happen? Oh... Uh, you know, when you are a kid, you just play for fun. You know, that's what you love to do. But when you get a, you get older, like 14, 15, 16, and you know what you can do in for your life. You know, and uh, uh, you know that's that's my dream, and I'm I'm really happy that, that I'm here. You did it, man. Thank you very much. There you go, Yolmer Sanchez. Wakes up every day and says thank you to God. How sweet is that? It's it's genuine. You know, there there's some guys that try to you know try to con you a little bit you know that they're always happy and they're always and it's it's kind of an act this is not an act this is this is a guy that is genuinely happy all the time every time we see him here and you know he's right i mean he's he's doing what he loves to do he's got a great family he just had a, had a new addition to his family as well and a, a newborn son a couple about the, earlier this month and he just you, you look at him and it's, it's kind of hard not to laugh along with him just because he's got that infectious smile it's a very trying time too off the field from everything that's going on in this country in Venezuela. It's it's I mean this is not uh, the easiest time back home for him. Yeah, absolutely. And he, you know he shares with a couple of his teammates too. Uh, you know uh, Jose Rondon and also Jose Ruiz. Both uh, both of those guys are from Venezuela as well. And yeah, I'm sure he still has uh, many family members that are are back there. And and there is some uh, a lot of things going on politically there that uh, I'm that's I'm, well above my pay grade to talk about. But you just you know you read the you read things in the news, you see things on on TV, 
And you know that it's a time of unrest in his home, uh, his home country. Yeah, very emotional time. Yeah. I just super scary. And yes, it's above my pay grade as well. Mine but too, I just yeah. want to sort of bring that into the consciousness yeah. of the Yomer conversation because I, you know, you talk to fans all the time, and it's like, and and Vlad, you know, people get high on Yomer and they love him, and then all of a sudden they're like, we don't need Yomer anymore. That is a player that helps a winning team. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he needs to be an everyday guy going down yeah, the line, but if he's a nice starter. But he's somebody that sh- that can help a club uh, win some baseball games and be and come big, come up big in crucial situations. And if somebody gets hurt, you can plug him in at third. You can plug him in. I wouldn't say short all the time, but in a pinch you could, and you can plug him in at second. Yeah, and you're right. Just the attitude and just the way he carries himself in the clubhouse and how much the respect he has garnered from his teammates and just the fact that you know he is so genuine and so the real article that uh, it's it's hard not to like the guy. Coming up after 4 o'clock, Vinny Duber from NBC Sports Chicago is going to join Andy and I in the booth here. We'll have a conversation with Vinny. Is he going to bring in hot dogs? Is Jason for hot dogs? I, I'll send him a text. Maybe, okay. maybe he can bring right. some from hot dogs down because we don't have that access down here. Perhaps he'll do that. And a reminder to uh, grab your friends. You can bring that hot dog, too. But uh, grab your friends and head to the park for bleachers and brews. That's presented by Budweiser. You get one bleacher seat and two beers. For just $22 all season long, you do have to be 21 years and over with a valid ID. To purchase tickets, visit whitesocks.com slash brew and enter your promo code BREW. Okay, so Vinny's coming up at 4, Tim Anderson at 4.30. Busy White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN. Rain Delay Theater, 2019 version. This is White Sox Weekly, Mark Herman and Andy Mazur. Andy, you discovered something the White Sox and Blue Jays are doing on Twitter. The official Twitter of the White Sox and the official Twitter of the Blue Jays are playing a game of Connect Four. That is amazing. Uh-huh. The black the black discs belong to the White Sox. The blue ones belong to the Toronto Blue Jays. And right now... Uh, White Sox won, did they not? Well, no, I don't think they did because you got to get four in a row, either diagonally or across. Line three. Or up and down. Am I, am I missing something? Line three looks like a Sox winner. No, I think you're you're kind of seeing things. Uh, oh, you got that one? Wait, don't what? you see that? You know what? I, I might be, you might be, I might be behind you. You might be on the, the freshest yeah, connect four. I might be behind you. I mean, how do you lose if you're the Blue Jays four across on line three that I'm looking at? That's a bad job by Toronto. Yeah, that's a horrible job, and I'm looking at it. Yeah, you, you're right. It's a, And then the Blue Jays tweeted back after they saw the win in the direction of a K as meaning, like, strikeout. Yeah. Well, that's just, Because they struck out. And let's see if the White Sox had no reply to that because uh, that was a winning move. Well, I mean, you know, this is the way it's gone today for Toronto. You've got uh, losses on the field and now uh, on Twitter on Connect Four, which is a great game, by the way. Oh, it's a great game. I used to cheat at it, though. How would you cheat at Connect Four? You kind of open up the bottom if you're losing and then all the chips fall out. Oh, that's not cheating. Yeah. That's like, that's worse than cheating. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get checking news here. Vinny Duber, NBC Sports Chicago, coming up after this. The uh, Steve Cochran Show celebrates the most valuable person on the planet weekday mornings at 720 on 720 WGN Chicago. Smart speaker users just say play WGN radio on TuneIn. Also a reminder, uh, Tim Anderson will be on the show after 4 at uh, 4.30 as well. Uh, good to sit down with Timmy today. The news is sponsored by Design First Builders at 4 o'clock. Here's Bob Kessler. Wow, what a play! 720 WGN, the team 
Sox flagship radio station. You're listening to White Sox Weekly on the home of the Sox, 720 WGN. Four o'clock hour, White Sox Weekly. A reminder, White Sox fans, join us as the Sox take on the Cleveland Indians. That's Thursday, May 30th, 7, 10 p.m. First 10,000 fans will receive a free White Sox retro-themed T-shirt, which is presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Bring your business home to Bedford Park and win big. Purchase your tickets today by visiting whitesox.com or calling 866-SOX-GAME. This is a fitting read right now. Because uh, Vinny Duber from NBC Sports is in here, and you're kind of you have like a retro, cool Vinny Duber look always. What do you, can you does that does this fit for you? Sure, I appreciate that. I wasn't expecting such a uh, a big compliment to to, to lead things in here. <laughs> well, you have a certain flavor for for the people that cover the ball club. Andy, do you concur? We were talking in the clubhouse today about you know the branding situation too, and we're wearing different color, you know, different uh, logoed shirt as close to the to the shoes, and he's always got the. The bright orange shoes going. I love those. Right, and he's got a you know a jean jacket going yeah. on right now. I mean, when th- this is not Daryl Van Scowen doesn't wear a jean jacket. <laughs> hey, Scott Merkin doesn't wear a jean. You know, he don't, they don't have orange Maybe shoes. Doesn't mess around. You, you got to carve out your own niche, right? You got to be your own man. <laughs> so this is around. this is your second year covering the team full time, correct? Yes. And from your standpoint, this year's club to last year's, as we get into the middle of May here, what's the what's the most pleasant surprise for you? Uh, I think it was the guy that was on the mound here today, Lucas Giolito. I mean, uh, you know, obviously you've got positive signs from guys like Tim Anderson, guys like Yohan Moncada after the years that they had last year. But Giolito, I mean, has really become a totally different pitcher, it seems like, uh, with between from a results standpoint, certainly. Uh, you know, last year led baseball in the ERA. You know, he had the most walks in the American League, and now he's this team's most reliable starting pitcher. Now, obviously, they've got their own starting pitching issues that, that are independent of him, but he's looked really good out there, and I think that's really pleasantly surprising for the Sox. All right, let's go from that to the issues that you described because there's a lot of injury uh, issues as well with uh, with Rodon now finally finding out that he went under the under the knife on Wednesday and it leaves a big hole for Monday with Manny Banuelos out and and all Ricky would tell us today is that he guaranteed there'd be somebody on the mound when the when the White Sox get to Houston on Monday. Anybody that you're thinking that might have that opportunity to pitch? Yeah, I, I think it's at this point it looks like one of two possibilities. You're either going to see probably a bullpen day uh, where he might where Ricky just might kind of throw three, four, five relievers out there and have them do the job there in Houston. Uh, or you could see Ross Detweiler, who's a guy that uh, they plucked out of independent ball uh, pretty recently, actually. Uh, he made a start for the Charlotte Knights on Tuesday. Did pretty well. Six innings, one run, ten strikeouts. Uh, it's a guy who hasn't made a big league start since 2016. He's only made one big league appearance since 2016, so it's uh, not something that gives you a ton of confidence if you're a White Sox fan, perhaps. But given the starting pitching depth throughout this organization. I mean, the rest of that rotation in Charlotte, the ERAs are just through the roof. So I think Detweiler would probably be the next guy you would turn to, especially if this is just going to be a one-start thing like Manny Banuelos uh, indicated it might be. I'll ask you both. What's what's your read on, let's say we get uh, into June, Sox are still hanging around 500, Dallas Keuchel still sitting out there, there's no longer a draft pick attached to bringing him over, White Sox are dealing with Rondon, uh, uh, Rodon rather being not being back until who knows what time next year. There's a need for starting pitching. Is there any scenario where you could see where the Sox would jump into that pool? I don't. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think it's very likely. And I'll say because. I think every other team is waiting for that draft deadline, too. And so if there's teams out there who are contenders who really need to boost this ro- their rotation to, to compete for a playoff spot, they're probably more likely to go after Keuchel, and I think he'll probably have a big increase in suitors once those penalties for signing him come down. I mean, I think it makes sense for the Sox. Well, I mean, it, call me crazy. I think it does, but at the same time, you know, you guys have to wonder, 
how in shape is he, first of all? And he hasn't faced live hitting uh, at this level in a long time. How long is it going to take a guy like that to be ready to actually pitch for you? There's that, but it's also it would be a more of a long-term play in my mind than you're, I mean you got to add a starter here. I I I would think at some point. I mean, the, Rick's Rick's talked about that when Carlos went out that you know if we have need to dress us in the offseason, maybe you get him at a, a at a price point that's a little bit more comfortable for you, and, I'm, and maybe it's only a you know a three-year deal rather than you signing somebody up for six seven years. I I, I don't think Keuchel has a ton of bargaining chips right now. I think uh, there's going to be some stiff competition for his services once the draft passes and once those uh, penalties come off. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of teams that are going to be contending for playoff spots looking to add to their rotation and a big and a veteran like that who's been to the World Series, who's won a World Series, who's won a Cy Young, could really help out a team that's been, you know, let's say a team that's been hurt by injuries like the New York Yankees or somebody who would definitely have more drive to sign him than the White Sox who just need an innings eater, perhaps. Yeah. Right, I'm going to steal Carm's question that he asked me earlier today uh, during our Randall A. Theater. It's okay. And I'll bring ahead. it here to White Sox Weekly. Uh, if you had to choose a White Sox MVP at this particular point in time, who would it be? I think it would be Tim Anderson, and I would say that because of just kind of the... It's it's more than just what's in the box score. It's more than just what's on his stat line right now. I think the things that he's doing off the field, really looking like a leader of this team, kind of stepping up as a face of this franchise with what he's doing in the community, as well as some of the attention he's drawn for some of the, the bat flip stuff and the way he's backed that up. Uh, obviously, his on-field numbers have been very good his performances have been very good from an offensive standpoint but i think more importantly when you're talking about an mvp it's it's a guy who kind of steps into that leadership role and he's really grown i think even coming into the season there were questions of can this guy hit well enough and and consistently enough to be the shortstop of the future i mean his contract situation says that he is but but was he going to perform at the level that would allow him to stay in that starting spot for the foreseeable future i think right now it's a no doubt yes Benny Duber, NBC Sports Chicago with us here. It is a rain delay here at uh, Guaranteed Right Field. 4-1 Sox, bottom five. We're hoping to have baseball at some point. Is anybody buying into Charlie Tilson as somebody who can grab a hold of something? To me, he looks different. He's put on some, he's talked to him today, put on 10, 15 pounds. He's got the speed. He's a left-handed hitter. That He was thought of pretty highly when they when he came over from the Cardinals, that he was you know going to be somebody that could be a part of this future. Well, what are you seeing from Charlie? Yeah, I mean, he's obviously been a lot uh, a lot more impressive recently here since he's come up than he than he was in past stints. Uh, I would say this, though. I think if you look at the total depth of outfielders in the White Sox organization, ideally you would want three guys who are going to be better than Charlie Tilson, and that's not a knock on Charlie Tilson. It's the, the ceilings of a lot of those guys in the minor leagues, a guy like Aloy Jimenez who's up here already, but then Luis Robert or, or Mike Rodolfo or Luis Pasabe, Blake Rutherford. you got a lot of highly rated prospects down there, and again, no offense to Charlie Tilson. If he keeps playing like this, keeps hitting like this, he's going to work his way into that conversation. But I think down the road you want to see three of that group that I just mentioned establish themselves as really high-quality offensive players. Yeah, good. No, I was just saying that I'm a little like, – I probably have a little bit of a Charlie Charlie Tilson bias going on. If you talk to Charlie, it's like impossible not to like the yeah. guy. And I, it's uh, all those are great points. So he, maybe he's a fourth outfielder, maybe he's a fifth outfielder. He could seemingly be a part of the club. Yeah, I was just going to ask you know immediately, obviously with uh, with Ryan Cordell getting a lot of playing time here as well. Another nice guy. I, I, I yeah, another nice guy. But it seems like the organization rediscovered him a little bit as he had that massive, that horrible collarbone issue that really cost him a lot of time. But he's reappeared. He was on the opening day roster here, and now has really been given the chance to say, okay, right field's yours. Go ahead and, and run with it. 
Have you been as impressed as I think I have with the fact that he really understands the game and is is doing well in so many different facets? Yeah, I mean these guys these guys who are perhaps not in that group that I ran through earlier, they've got to do everything they can to to keep themselves here, to keep to get themselves into that conversation about the long term and give credit to to Ryan Cordell and to Charlie Tilson because they're trying to do that stuff out there. I mean, I don't think either of those two guys would have been in uh, many fans' Or, or, or observers' projections for the 2019 season and that outfield, but it's been so shaken up. We have yet to see John Jay, uh, who was supposed to be you know an everyday guy for this team. Uh, Daniel Palco was was going to be a, a starting corner outfielder for them, and he was sent down very quickly. Another one of my favorites. And and Eloy Jimenez has has missed a a long time here now too. So uh, you got you got three. The outfield has been very kind of shaken up. And and give credit to Leori Garcia. He's played really well also. So uh, it's it's an in flux situation yes, out there. Yes, very much so. Seeing how I just literally root for everyone. Alright, uh, what's your read on Dylan Cease? When, when will we see him? Uh, I think it's probably post-All-Star break. I would say maybe July. You know, maybe maybe early as early as late July. Perhaps a whole month earlier than Michael Kopech came up last year just because he might not run into the same issues in the minor leagues that Michael Kopech ran into. Uh, we're going to see a guy who Rick Hahn has described as being on a similar track to Michael Kopech uh, this season. White Sox fans, I'm sorry, but the starting pitching situation at the big league level will not determine when Dylan Cease comes up. That being said, I think you can expect to see him perhaps in July or August. Okay, and you know, obviously Rick Hahn has said that a thousand times. Mm-hmm. We've heard him all say that you know, just because there's an injury here does not necessarily mean that we're going to speed up someone else's track to get them here. What what are the kind of things that they are wanting to see from Dylan Cease now in the minors, knowing that he is on this track to be here eventually this year? What what are the things that they're looking at, saying, "Listen, and uh, you know, just is it command? Is it uh, innings? What, what what is it? Yeah, I think the number one thing is they just want him to pitch. Okay. They want him to get that innings up. I mean, I, I remember talking to him at spring training and being like, you know, hey man, you're so good last year that you know everybody's talking about when you're going to get here, when you're going to get here. And his response to me was, well, right now I'm just a double A pitcher. Mm-hmm. I haven't pitched above double A. And he was right, and that's what's happening is he's just getting his first taste uh, of triple A. Now he's very good, and so his first trip taste of triple A is going well. Uh, I think last year too, you saw. Uh, both Rick Hahn and Rick Renneria say at times about Michael Kopech when he went through those struggles and then came back from them and dominated there to close out his time at AAA, that could be a benefit. Mm-hmm. A guy who had never struggled before uh, in minor league baseball, all of a sudden having to learn how to figure out how to get out of that. Uh, and you know, we didn't really get to see too much of Michael Kopech here to, to realize if that was something that was going to really propel him into a major leagues before he went down with the uh, with the injury there. But perhaps Dylan Cease could experience something, even if it's minor, and, and come out the other end of it more prepared. But yeah, I think innings is, is the main thing. They just want him to pitch down there. You want to follow Vinny on Twitter. It's at Vinny, V-I-N-N-I-E, Duber. Uh, who does a great job covering the White Sox for NBC Sports uh, Chicago. Uh, just one more on Dylan Cease. Yeah. This is a super impressive guy. I mean, when you talk to him, if I don't think the mind is going to be a problem. If he stays healthy physically, I think this guy's going to get everything out of his ability. I mean, that's my read. I don't think that's a, some hot take or anything either, but that's, <laughs> that's just how it comes across to me. But I, I do wonder, on the other side, the durability, he's only pitched the most he's in one season, 125 innings. That's a tricky thing for the White Sox, how they incorporate him this year, like what you're talking about, July, whenever it is, and how long you let him pitch here to get him ready for his future. Yeah, well, I think the way they've handled him, too, since he's come into this organization when they traded from the Cubs was that they've you know, kind of gone slow with him, and maybe they're 
kind of working on stretching him out. We, he didn't finish last season. He was he was shut down for the last couple bit uh, of last season as well. So now you're seeing him uh, only throw maybe four, five, you know, five innings at a time down at Charlotte right now. That could just be a way to kind of keep stretching him out, just kind of ease him in. Remember, this is all about the next five years, not mm-hmm. just the next one year. Well, let's chat a little bit about the catching situation, uh, whether it be here at the big league level or also with uh, with Zach Collins, who just got activated again from the from the injury list with the concussion that it was going through. Uh, James McKenna, has he done enough in this really small sample size to say to the White Sox, you know what, you need me around here next year? If the season ended today, then yes, the answer is definitely yes. Now, obviously, there's uh, multiple months that and anything can happen in with James McCann, but he's been fantastic so far. I mean, he's been uh, a, a revelation kind of for them, uh, something that they didn't expect that he was going to do with the bat, and he's been perhaps the best hitter on the team this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he's been really, really good, and uh, something, too, just kind of a, a weird thing with his contract. Obviously, he spent so long with Detroit, but he is arbitration eligible for next year, so the White Sox can bring him back pretty easily easily just by tendering him a contract offer. So it would seem that two years on the south side would make a lot of sense, especially when you think about Zach Collins coming up uh, and a guy who's had questions about his defense and and what he can do back there to have a veteran in McCann there so you're not just throwing uh, Collins and Sebi Zavala kind of into the fire there. I think it would be very beneficial for them to hang on to James McCann, but obviously a lot of baseball left to be played. Vinny, thanks for stopping on down. Does does Chuck Garfine have White Sox pajamas that he sleeps in? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I remember they gave out the onesie last year. That's true. He might, have, he might have kept his. It's possible. He's a beautiful man. <laughs> love, love our Chuck. Thanks for coming down, Vinny. Thank you for having See me, guys. Vinny Duber, NBC Sports Chicago. Let's get a quick timeout. Tim Anderson coming up after 4.30. It's White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. It always makes you feel a little bit better when there's an objective reason for why there's a reason to believe he could take that step forward. And for Lucas, it's not just the maturity and the experience that he gained over the last season and plus being in the big leagues. It is those mechanical adjustments. There's something you can tangibly point to that is having an effect on how the ball's coming out of his hand, both from a command standpoint and from a pitch quality standpoint. So uh, he's obviously done a very good job. You know, the hamstring injury was a unfortunate setback, but he really sort of picked up where he left off in that outing uh, with his last few since he's been back. So remain very, very optimistic about the direction he's heading. That's general manager Rick Hahn talking about Lucas Giolito. You got to be optimistic on Lucas Giolito, damn it. Come why on. Why not? Right? I mean, why not? Mark Carmen, Andy Mazur here with you, White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. Our interview with Vinny Duber. Thanks for coming by, Vinny. We appreciate it. Sponsored by Mazda of Orland Park and ZoomZoomNation.com, where they're always trying to make your car shopping fun. Rick, uh, I'm at the media on Monday letting everybody know that uh, Carlos Rodon was indeed going to have. Tommy John surgery and the update on Nate Jones, who had surgery out for the year, and uh, also Mike Rodolfo. Well, you were here, Andy. What yeah. was your reaction from that interview? Well, you know, and it's unfortunate, too, because I think a lot of people will unfairly point the finger at an organization for as many uh, Tommy Johns as have gone on. I mean, there's no medical proof that, that shows you any one particular thing causes this to happen. I mean, let's, let's face it. Throwing a baseball is an unnatural movement. Your arm is not developed to go that way. Your arm is developed to go underhand. Um, you know, there's uh, all the rotator situation and, and what that does if it weakens, what it does to your uh, to your ligaments and your elbow. And, and until a doctor can come up with some kind of a, a medical reason that this happens all the time, it's really difficult to to, to point a finger of blame at, uh, you know, I'm not just talking about the White Sox. I'm talking about every organization that's in baseball at this point because 
everybody has been touched by it. I mean, it's not just uh, it's not just a Chicago White Sox thing. Yeah, I thought that was one of the more ridiculous takes uh, that, that a lot of well, at least some some fans had. It's uh, a knee jerk reaction to it, you know, because well, White Sox don't know how to keep players. Out. No one's reinventing the wheel no. here with with pitchers. This is. The White Sox aren't out there letting them, their guys throw 150 pitches. They're, they're, this is not. There's no, uh, you know, rocket science at figuring out how to do this. They're doing the standard stuff that everyone's doing. Yeah. And so, some guys are going to. This is the. This is baseball. Some guys are going to get hurt. And look how they're handling Dylan Cease. I mean, it's it's because he had Tommy John surgery, you know, well before the the trade with the Cubs to get him. And, and now with Michael Kopech, who you had up here a couple of a couple of weeks ago, talking about the fact that. You know he's trying hard to get back as quickly as he can, and they're putting they're putting the brakes on him because they want to make sure that everything is going properly. And and trust me, I mean, you could have the best preventative situation, but there is always a chance that something like that can happen to somebody. It happens to kids in high school. It happens to kids in college. But the best the best part, and the thing that I think people should look forward to, is the fact that most of these guys, and I'm not saying every case is the same, but most of these guys have come back as strong, if not stronger. After the surgery and after the proper rehab, yeah, I, Rodon is a little bit more concerning though because he's had shoulder issues right. too. Yeah, so I mean, I'm not saying he won't, right? But I, I think that the White Sox, you know, moving forward, the way they allocate their dollars and how they're looking at their starting rotation, I mean, you probably look at it like whatever you get from Rodon is uh, icing gravy. on the yeah, cake. That's gravy. So, and that's just the way you gotta you gotta be realistic about what you're gonna get. It may, and hopefully it'll be great, but. You got to prepare for the worst here, and, and who knows what what will be uh, with Carlos going forward. Although his desire to get back on the mound is very He's clear. Big. Yeah. All right. Quick timeout, and then Tim Anderson will be on White Sox Weekly after the four thirty news. White Sox Weekly. Andy Mazur, Mark Harmon on seven twenty WGN. White Sox Weekly seven twenty WGN. Hope you're having a great Saturday. It was beautiful this morning. Gorgeous this morning. And I went for a walk, did a little run walk this morning, Mazer. You would have been impressed. Yeah, Actually, I, you probably wouldn't have been impressed, but I was impressed. I walked downstairs to the clubhouse. Does that count? Kind of doesn't count, but, yeah. I mean, if you did, ta- if you actually did take the stairs. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. I walked to the elevator and yeah. then walked from the elevator yeah, to the see, clubhouse. See, I would have given you some kudos if you had taken the stairs. I mean, that's three flights down. Uh, let's get a check of news, and then Tim Anderson is coming up. 4.30 News, sponsored by Gilkey Window Company at 4.30. Here's Bob Kessler. At the wall, a 3.80, gone. A three-run homer for Tim Anderson. 3-1 White Sox. Back to White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN. I think this is the first ever White Sox Weekly that has served as rain delay theater andy mazur can you recall any other white Sox weeklies in this format uh, i cannot no i don't think um, i think this might be a first and i'm happy to be a part of it this is major history right now groundbreaking I mean, if you're listening to white Sox weekly right now during a rain delay you're a part of history i would i don't know what you can do to to uh mark that down in your calendar as a special day in everyone's life but this is uh this was not expected, but we are in uh, rain delay. White Sox leading the Blue Jays 4-1. We're in the bottom of the fifth inning. Lucas Giolito has pitched all five, so he is in line for the win. But we are hoping to have baseball at some point. The rain is still falling here, and we have significant puddles in center field, left field, down the right field line, down the left field line. Mazur, you might have to get out there and do something. Uh, yeah, I, I, I value my credential to this ballpark. I value my uh, my opportunities to speak on the radio about this franchise. So uh, I'm going to politely decline. 
there are, you know, we mentioned we were giving unsung heroes earlier. Yeah. We mentioned there were six people standing out, one three down the left field line, three down the right field line in ponchos taking on the rain to uh, protect the field, so to speak. And we only have three left. The right field line has departed. Yeah. So left field line is the winner. But now you notice, too, that there's security uh, lining the uh, just out of the underhang of the club level all yeah. around the red, uh, red-shirted uh, security folks. That's a good point. They're out there now, too, so I think they, sh- they deserve some kudos. Yes, 100%. Uh, people working uh, a little overtime here at the ballpark today. Again, 5-1, 4-1, rather, White Sox, bottom of the fifth. Uh, let's move on to Tim Anderson, who we spoke to uh, before the game in the clubhouse. And Timmy's been all over the place. I, 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 he's on national radio, he's on local radio, TV, a lot of attention with everything that happened with Brad Keller and uh, – what he's trying to do as far as playing the best baseball he can and also what he would say bringing some fun back to the game. So let's start the conversation there with Tim. And are you enjoying all this extra attention that you're getting? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, just I think I'm just being realistic on what's going on and, uh, you know, just you know trying to get my voice out there and get, you know, let the people put an image with it. So uh, I'm okay with it. People starting, you know, get to know me a little bit. So... Did you think that uh, if I start putting all this stuff out there, that this is going to come my way, or is it sort of a surprise? Uh, I mean, you know, I put out good stuff, you know, so I don't really put out bad stuff. So, uh, but uh, it, it swings the way it's going to swing. So, uh, you know, man, I just do me and uh, you know stay within myself and uh, you know try to be be realistic and uh, you know that's what I just try to do. What, what did uh, being the player of the month for April mean to you? Uh, it was a confident builder. Uh, you know, I think it, you know, all the work that I've been doing kind of, you know, showed that month. And uh, I'm just going to continue to get better and uh, keep growing. So, uh, you know, definitely was a was a great award to get. But, uh, you know, man, it didn't stop there. I got to keep going and, uh, you know, keep getting better. I talked to uh, your hitting coach, Todd Stevenson, about you, and, he's, and he mentioned to me, he's like, well, it's all about his walk-up song, uh, you know, Eat or Starve, Little Baby. So... I want to hear you just talk about like why you picked that song. What does it mean to you? Uh, you know, I kind of felt like it was it was relatable, you know, to what I had going on or into my life. So uh, that's what I try to do. I try to be creative and uh, you know pick songs that's relatable and uh, that can really get me in that zone or or you know lock that focus in when I'm in the box. And uh, you know that's why I pick those songs. Do you hear it? Like, what's it like for you standing? You're in the on deck circle now. Whatever happens now, you're up. Do you hear the song or are you just locked in? I wait on it to come on, man, so I could, you know, get in my get in my zone, you know, and feel those vibes. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm singing it. So, uh, you know, that gets me going. That gets me ready. I come for the apartments. It was bad ramen noodles. This is a terrible rendition by me. Cup of water, all we had. It's like you're going to eat or you're going to starve. Yeah, you know, eat or starve. You know exactly what the lyrics say. You know, that's, you know, that's saying that you kind of came from nothing. And then, um, you know, that's how, you know, that's kind of how I feel. That's relatable to me. That's kind of, you know, how my life was. So, uh yeah, man, it's just relatable music, and, 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 and it kind of motivates me. How would you describe what it was like for you growing up? Uh, tough. It was tough, man. You know, everything ain't, you know, I always been like this. So, uh, you know, man, we came 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 from the bottom. So uh, it was a tough road, but, uh, you know, happy where I'm at. You, you've talked about sort of like a modern-day Jackie Robinson. Uh, I love it. I think baseball needs it. Uh, and just hearing that, like, right now and seeing it sort of like taking a little foothold, that, that like, this is sort of, 
you know, part of what you're doing. What, what's it mean to you? Uh, it means a lot. You know, but when I said that, I was, you know, saying it kind of jokingly, but uh, I think it kind of got took out as a main part. But, uh, you know, I was just saying, you know, I kind of feel like Jackie Robinson, you know, trying to break the fun barrier. So, uh, but, yeah, man, you know, he's definitely a guy that motivates me to, you know, go out and play this game and definitely a guy that paved the way for me to, you know, be out there in between those lines. So, uh, you know, why not play like him? So what, what's it like for you? You know, there's there's 72 black players in baseball. You're you're the only one in this clubhouse, and I don't know what it was for me, but growing up, I just seemed to always root for men of color in the game because there just wasn't that many. I felt like I just really wanted to see that succeed in the game. Um, but what's it like for you? You know, being in that spot? Oh, it's great. It's great, man. You see what's going on, man. I'm I'm, I'm having a great year. You know, uh, you know, man. I'm I'm enjoying it, man. I'm I'm, I'm doing something different. You know, you check out my Instagram and my and my Twitter, man. I'm you know. I'm doing. I'm bringing something different to the game that you know, that people haven't seen before. So, uh, I think you know. I think it's all about bringing that swag and just having fun with it. What was the tweet this morning? Uh, it was some Meek Mill lyrics. That's your. Is uh, what, what do you rank Meek on your on your list of say top five you're listening to? Man, he's up. He's up, he's in the top five, man. You know he he, he uh, you know he says relatable stuff. He says you know realistic things. So uh, you know it's definitely kind of relatable, and I get it. So let's go. Let's go back to the moment where Brad Keller comes at you. And you get ridiculously suspended. I'll say it right here for uh, saying something on the field that w- should have been left there, and that's cool. But wh- why not? Why not run out at him? Uh, man, you know that we we handled that. We touched on that. We already took care of that. You know that's in the past. So we're gonna keep moving, and uh, you know, man, we're gonna keep rolling and keep having fun with it. And uh, you know, definitely if those opportunities come back around again, you know, we're gonna backflip again, as you should. Yeah. So. A lot of people, you got a ton of support around the game from that. I mean, Trevor Bauer from the Indians, uh, Mark Stroman, all these guys were like, hey, as long as it's not at me that you're just doing you and you're enjoying your moment, then I, I feel like I do feel like there's a little bit of a change going on here. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Like I said, man, bringing something to the game, you know. When when you do stuff like that, man, you, you're able to see it at your high level. So, you know, that's the only way I can play, man, if I'm having fun like that. And, uh, you know, at that moment, I don't, I don't care about what people say. I don't care about what, you know, other people got to say about what I'm doing or other players, you know. As long as my teammates okay with it, I'm okay with it, and uh, they seem okay with it. So we're going to keep rolling and keep having fun and, uh, you know, keep playing with a lot of a lot of passion. A ton of support in here. I talked to Nikki, talked to Jose, I talked to a ton of guys. Yeah. Do they come up to you, or is it just kind of you just sort of feel the support? Just I know, man. I know. These are my brothers. I know. I can feel the energy. I can feel their vibe. So, uh, you know, I don't got to question that. So let's talk about where the team's at right now. Uh, I mean, you guys are hanging around, uh, and you, you've lost Carlos, which is a big deal. But uh, how you look? I, I, you you just come in every day ready to play a game. It seems like. But but how you looking? How you guys have done so far? Uh, we've been you know we've been playing good baseball. You know uh, you're not gonna win them all. Uh, there's gonna be some tough nights, and uh, there's gonna be some great nights. So uh, we just got to keep rolling, keep coming together as a team, and keep having fun. I think the rest take care of itself. Does it matter to you where you hit in the order? No, nah, man. You see, I'm all over the place. So. Uh, you know, man, like I said, I just, you know, I come to the ballpark ready to play and, uh, you know, ready to compete. All right. I want you to take us into the mind. You're, you're, you're donating 500 bucks for every steal. You get, you get a knock, base hit, you're on first base. What's that process like, If I, when, how you're deciding whether you're going, what you're not doing? Obviously, don't give anything away here. I know you won't, but uh, I'm just, as, do you feel it all over your body? This is the moment I'm going to go? I don't really, you know, I can't give you too much, but, you know, what goes in my head, my head is cha-ching, you know. You know, try to get that bag and uh, get those $500. So, uh, you know, man, I, you know, I'm an I'm a, I'm a aggressive runner. And uh, just being able to pick my spots and, uh, you know, being able to steal that bag.
Do you know how fast the pitcher on the mound is to home plate? Do you have all that information? Yeah. Do you, is it more fun for you stealing a bag or hitting a bomb? Uh, both. <laughs> I like to steal a bag and hit a bomb. <laughs> I feel like stealing a bag might be more fun. If it was me, I mean, there's just like... It just depends on when you hit the bomb. You know, if you hit the bomb in, a, in the eighth or the ninth, then that comes with a bat flip. So more so you... Maybe, you know, hitting a bomb would be, be the best option. <laughs> Uh, let's let's uh, let's play forward for for one more minute here. What what uh, what's what are you looking at as far as uh, today coming forward? Like what what what's the one thing? I, are you focusing on anything right now? You're always out here early. I mean, I see you hitting. Uh, you know, today was at nine o'clock. You're in the cage. Yeah, and I'm working, man. Just trying to get better each and every day. Uh, you know, just putting a lot into the game so I can get a lot out of it. So uh, I think you know, just learning and. Uh, you know, getting a feel for the game, man, and I think this is my my biggest year as far as you know, learning learning about myself. Can you play? Do you guys need a little time off here every now and then, or does it? Does it, I mean, I feel like that's a big thing in the game where, like, if I give a guy a day, you guys are you every single day out here. Does it does it feel like okay? Can you go to Ricky and be like, hey, I probably could use to be off my field. Like, would you ever do that? Nah, man, that ain't my job is to come play. So I, you know, I, I come to do my job. And uh, if I'm happy to not be in the lineup that day, then I'll get it off day. So, uh, but I come ready to play every day. Timmy, you're awesome. All right, thank you, man. Tim Anderson, <laughs> Andy, I'm hearing you chuckling up there. You too, Dave Zaslowski. Well, let me let, let me let the fans in on a little something that they didn't see. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. I want a reaction on that interview because this is obviously radio, and you can't see what was going on as far as when Carm was uh, taping that interview earlier today. I walked into the clubhouse and I looked towards Tim Anderson's locker, and Tim was sitting, and there was this guy kind of kneeling right next to him, and it was Mark Carmen. And I, and I went to the media relations people and I said, please. Make sure this is not a new requisite for the media when they do interviews. Um, I can't. I, I got bad knees. I can't be doing that. You know. I mean. So well. So you're I, a trendsetter. I, I was carrying my recorder from 1978 that WGN Radio has provided me. So it's, it's this big, heavy recorder. So and I had my notes. I've been excited to talk to Tim for a couple weeks now, and I because he's been in the news, and there's just a lot of stuff that I wanted to touch on. So I had it all on my phone. Normally, I just you know I'm kind of in the moment flowing mm-hmm. or whatever. But I had all my notes, so I wanted to be able to see. What what I had written down so I wouldn't forget anything. So I, I set down my recorder and then I had my phone there. So it just and, and Tim was sitting down. So it's in order to hold the microphone and do everything, that was the most uh, seemingly easiest way to do it. And so I went with the, the kneeling at the altar of Tim Anderson. Yeah, look. and it was it was a good look. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not saying that it wasn't a good look because no, it was a terrible look, but that's why I did it. Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I guess it's uh, effectiveness over aesthetics. If he was standing, I wouldn't have done that. But since he was sitting down in his chair that's super low, there's really no other option. Yeah, I, I mean, guess, I don't know. I guess I'm making too much out of this art. Nah, I think. I mean, you've, you know, you've been in clubhouses for many years. It's kind of awkward uh-huh. to see, you know, a guy on his knees talking to a player. I get it. Yeah. By the way, I, 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 it's, it's, it was a little awkward, but you know, listen, I've, I've talked to Tim a thousand times. We're, we're comfortable. That's just the way it is. <laughs> By the way, I'd like to yell at Davis Aslowski, who's sitting next to us for his uh, Facebook post. He's got on here. It's finally a warm enough day to have the windows open in the WGN Radio broadcast booth today. Just celebrate. The weather, and now we're sitting in the booth. The, the windows are closed, and it's going to rain till till nine o'clock. We're going to play at ten p.m. He did have a follow-up post with a picture of the severe weather statement that was out there on the right field uh, scoreboard that said, <laughs> "And now the windows are closed." 
I didn't see that one. I just, you know, I was flipping through. So, all right, well, maybe that will bring us back some sunshine at some point. I hope you enjoyed the Anderson interview. I'm a huge fan of Timmy. Uh, his his journey is phenomenal. I think people know this, but uh, just to get back on the serious side, you know, he, when he when he's born into the world, his father is is in prison. Mm-hmm. The, his his first meetings of his dad are, are when he, are when he's in jail. He goes and he sees him, and I was you know I was I've talked to him about it where he's just like, you know, that's my dad. I, I love him. He did as, as good of a job as he possibly could do. And to, for a guy to have that level of relationship from from that start, it's just I mean that's that's a different cat. It's super impressive. Well, and, and think about uh, all that he has gone through in a in a very short period of life. I mean, he's twenty five years old. That situation when he was born, obviously his his friend uh, and uh, everything that happened a couple of years ago, right? That you know he had to deal with, and he had to deal with in a, in a way that he's on a he's on a very uh, visible stage here. I mean. People look to him, and people know who he is. And they look at him as a baseball player. They forget a lot of times, and you know sometimes I'm guilty of this too. You know, you you, you forget that these guys are human beings that that have issues and have problems. Yeah, they they make money, and that that's one thing. But you can't throw money at certain problems. I mean, you just can't you can't do it. Nope, nope. That's uh, when you're dealing with the emotions of yeah. uh, losing a great friend of yours uh, to to gun violence. Uh, Brandon Moss was uh, Timmy's friend, and he he honored him with uh, uh, in a bunch of ways. Uh, and now, you know, as he's moving forward in his life, I mean, donating five hundred dollars to uh, uh, anti-violence. I mean, every, everything that he's doing, he's just such a tremendous representative of the White Sox organization. Yeah, it's really, it, it's uh, he's to me, he's the face of the franchise right now. You know, right now you could argue that. I mean, because uh, he he's been here for a while. I mean, considering the, you know the turnover that has been around here, especially with the with the rebuild that's going on, he plays a very high-profile position. At shortstop, and he is a guy that is not afraid and does not shy away from uh, from us when we go in there, and he, he's very uh, very accommodating. But you know, at the same time, you got to come with uh, you got to come with something good for him because he will he'll call you out if you're not asking him the right kind of questions, and he'll you know he'll get on you, which is to me is great because that's that's reality. That's kind of who he is at this point. One of the nicest guys you'll ever come across, but you know, again, it's a, it's a little bit. Uh, you got to do a little research when you uh, when you talk to he's, him. He's going to give you the straight answer. Absolutely right. Stolen base or home run? Both. Mm-hmm. What's next, sir? Yeah, Carmen. Exactly. What, what, else? what do you got for me now? You what, know, what, what, what else? You what doing? kind of question you can ask me next? On uh, one bacon knee. or eggs? <laughs> Both. <laughs> In the club. All right, let's uh, let's take a quick time out here. White Sox weekly continuing until five thirty. We'll have Ryan Cordell after five o'clock and. Uh, We'll do a little uh, week in review as well and uh, as we take a look back on the week that was. As we have a rain delay here. 4-1 White Sox, bottom of the fifth at Guaranteed Rate Field. White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. They take the family out to the ball game with the family four-pack. You get four tickets, four hot dogs, four drinks, four chips, four Andy Mazers. Mm. All for $49. It's brought to you by Country Financial. Prepare for your financial future one simple step at a time and take simplesteps.com. For tickets, visit whitesocks.com slash fourpacks and enter promo code value. So, uh, in my meteorological opinion, and again, I'm not a meteorologist and I very rarely play one on radio. Yeah. It's raining about as hard as it is, has been all day right now. It's a very, right now, in my meteorological expertise, it actually looks a little darker than it did about yeah. a half hour ago. And the rain has been consistent. Uh, those diehards that were here an hour ago, 
are thinning. Yeah, there's still some uh, still here that are underneath the the club level in the in the, uh, the uh, protected area, which is good. And I think I see some people milling around the uh, the concourse out there as well. I mean, you might as well go to every stand in the ballpark and just Why try not, it all. Right? Have a taco, have a hot dog, have a churro. Yeah, for some people, this might be the only game they get to attend this year because of you know whatever they've got going on. They're coming from out of town, right? So sit here, enjoy, you know, and uh, you know, pull, get up near one of the speakers, listen to us, and uh, have a beer, <laughs> have have a hot dog, whatever. Make the best of it's it. It's all good. Go deep conversation. There have, you go. Have the convo that you didn't think you were going to have. Uh, now we're going to get to Charlie Tilson uh, in a second here as uh, we caught up with Charlie before the ball game as well today. Charlie back from AAA, and I would say distinguishing himself pretty well, Andy Mazur. I think so, too, and I think the the thing that uh, Ricky Renteria mentioned the most was, uh, again, the, with some of these young guys, more of a confidence thing, plus he's a couple of years removed from uh, uh, another year removed, that is, from that awful injury that he suffered when he uh, made, his, made his debut. And uh, I just think that there's a little more knowledge of the game and a little more confidence in his own abilities, and he does look different. No doubt. He looks different. He's put on some weight here. So let's let's start uh, our conversation with Charlie, who when he got the call back to the White Sox down at AAA, he sat down with his manager, Mark Redzelanik, who told him that I don't want to see you back here again. So I asked him about uh, what that conversation was like and how much he appreciated it. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I think uh, you know we spent a lot of time together, and uh, it's fortunate to be uh, you know managed by a 15-year veteran down there. And he helped me out a ton, and um, those words meant a lot. So I'm doing everything I can to to make the most of the opportunity. What would you say has changed from you know this time last year to this time this year, as far as you know what, whatever you've picked up along the way? Oh, I feel really confident in my approach at the plate right now. I uh, made some adjustments that I think have, have really helped me out and, uh, you know, just trying to roll with it up here. Was it a – I'm curious, like, the, the mental journey of handling all that. You get here, you want to stay, I'm back at AAA. You, you have, it's got to go through your mind, like, am I going to make it back or were you not doubting yourself at all? Yeah, you know, I, I definitely tried to not let any doubt creep in. Um, you know, it was definitely a challenge, first physically, and then uh, things not really coming together at the plate as quickly as I would like. But, you know, you just got to stay the course. Baseball, it's a, it's a humbling game, and, um, you know, you're going to have those moments. But um, I knew if I, I, I stayed with it and, and made the proper adjustments, I could get back to where I need to be. And, um, you know, I feel very fortunate to, to be back here. I don't want you to give anything away here, but can you share anything that you that you did uh, as far as the adjustments are concerned? Uh, you know, I just tried to to get on time earlier and, and uh, really get in my back leg and allow myself to to be ready for the fastball. And um, I think you know it sounds pretty basic, but for from where I was at, it was a drastic change, and it allowed me to to feel something. And ever since, things have been going well. What about the the physical size as far as to keep yourself healthy on the field what do you think yomer uh i learned a ton um you know you can't help but learn after going through an injury like i had um but i feel much better now i feel better because of it and um you know hopefully just stay the course you look stronger something do you lifting more we got we got we got more yoga going on what's what's the deal <laughs> no not not as much yoga mostly just the weight room i uh i had a long off season this year and um you know i had a, a great group of people around me that i kind of circled up after that that injury and uh we drew up a game plan i wanted to put on some weight and um you know get as strong as possible so uh we got after it for sure and and i feel good how much you had on 
Uh, about 10, 15 pounds from last season. Do you have to, is that like seven protein shakes a day to do that, or is, that, is it just mostly the hard work? No, you know, I had, I had lost some weight uh, after that injury, just, uh, you know, really trying to clean up my diet and um, allow my body to heal. Uh, you know, it was good. I felt great, but at the end of the day, I, I want to be strong out here, and uh, I just uh, tried to, to double up on my, my portions, and we were doing a um, couple workouts a day, so, uh, you know, keeps you hungry, and, and uh, it's a good off-season for sure. So I was watching your numbers uh, starting the year, and I'm, I'm doing the post-game show every night. Charlie Tilson, 2 for 4. Charlie Tilson, 3 for 5. Charlie Tilson sitting 360. Were you kind of sitting there thinking, hey, is anybody noticing what's going on here? I'm, I'm playing some pretty good baseball. Yeah, you know, I, I felt good for sure. And, and, you know, they let me know this off-season that the opportunity is still there if I can make the most of it. And, um, you know, I, I just tried to treat every day as a new mission. And, um you know, help out the team as much as I could. And at the time, you know, I was feeling really confident. And uh, I knew if I stayed the course, I could I could help the, the big league team. And, you know, happy to be here. You going to compete with Timmy for stealing bases? I'm going to do my best, but that's going to be a, a tall task. Timmy's, Timmy's incredible out there. And I know he's got a motivation with the $500 per stolen base, which is nice. So um, I'll do the best I can. Good to see you, Charlie. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Charlie Tilson, a lot of injuries, Andy. Yeah. Hamstrings, uh, stress fractures. And it can certainly derail things, as we've seen with him, you know, and I, I, you know, we mentioned Rock Cordell earlier, and you're going to talk to him a little bit later on, but uh, those two guys kind of reappearing on the map after horrific injuries for both of these guys is a testament to the way that they've worked. Yep, no doubt. Head down. And I I thought, I mean, I'm standing next to him today, I'm like, you look bigger. Yeah, he looks different. And it's 10, 15 pounds. That doesn't happen overnight, right? No, and it's not like where I, I gain my 15 and 20 pounds right. you know, around the midsection. This is a guy that's the belly. He, he's filled out. You know, I mean, he's, he's, he's gotten, uh, gotten bigger and stronger, and it, it has certainly, I think, helped his confidence at the plate, too. Yeah, he hasn't done the old man getting pregnant thing that we uh, like to do here uh, as we get into our 40s. Early. Some of us are past that, but that's okay. Khalil Max, happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. All right, quick timeout news after this, and uh, Ryan Cordell coming up. Rain continuing to fall here. White Sox leading the Blue Jays 4 1. We're in the bottom of the fifth. Rain delay, White Sox Weekly Theater on 720 WGN. It's great to be back with WGN. It's White Sox Weekly on the official radio station of the Chicago White Sox, 720 WGN. White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. We got a rain delay theater going on here. 4 1 Sox, bottom five. Andy, the yes. natives are getting restless. They are starting to come down from the concourse. They're going to their seats. It's getting lighter. I see some personnel on the field. So there are signs that baseball could be in our future. Not our imminent future, no. but in some time. I'm going to guess our first pit, or the next pitch will be at. Resumption of play at 6.08. What do you think? I would go... Well, That's a guess, Fred, by the I'm way. I'm going to go a, guess. a little later than that, just because I saw what the second base area looked like before the tarp went down. And I know that Roger Bossert is going to want to do a, a great job, not just an adequate job, because the adequate is not in his vocabulary. He's got to make sure that this field looks immaculate at all times. And it might take a little time after all that water that this uh, that this field took on right before the uh, the uh, the calling of the game at that point, the, the delay. 
there is a significant amount of water on the field. Yeah, and that, that's a problem. I mean, this field does drain very well. Roger, of course, designed the, the drainage system here. But there is some standing water in the outfield uh, along the warning tracks uh, all the way around the field. And as I mentioned, the only spot on the field I was really concentrating on when the tarp went down was second base because the wind was blowing and it looked like it was like ripples, like little waves going through the uh, the pond over there at second base. So that's not uh, something that's going to get fixed very easily. And of course, you have to you have to figure out who's going to pitch, and uh, the pitchers are going to probably need about fifteen or twenty minutes or so to get ready. To you, you want to uh, make a guess on who's pitching for the White Sox here? We'll get a little derby going on. Maybe Dave Zaslowski wants to chime in too. Uh, Who will start? It's definitely not going to be Lucas Giolito who's no. in line for the win, but they're not they're not going to bring him back after what's going to be a two hour delay. Wow, that's a good question. Um, because Jose Ruiz is fresh, he hasn't pitched. That's in a while. not bad. Could so be, a Jose be a Jose Ruiz. All right, fair enough. Zaz, you got a guess over there? You want to throw something out? Uh, you know what? I'm going to go Ryan Burr. Okay. Ryan Burr was bounding around the dugout today. I could see Ryan Burr doing it. Fair enough. Carm? Uh, Carm. Who are you going with, Carm? i got to think about my own question here. I will go... Hmm. Sometimes we're going to go off the board. I, well, I, I, like doing, I do like going off the board. Uh, when, when was the last time Evan Marshall was out there? Been a few, been a few games. Okay, that's my pick. Okay. Let's go. Let's do that. I thought you were going to go Jose Rondon. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that could be uh, when my uh, this Astro series is going to be pretty challenging. I think yeah. I might want to save him for that. Yeah. Hey, uh, Sox fans, join us as the White Sox take on the Cleveland Indians on Saturday, June the 1st. First 20,000 fans receive a Chicago-themed White Sox jersey. It's presented by NBC Sports Chicago. Purchase your tickets today by visiting WhiteSox.com or calling 866-SOX-GAME. Thanks again to Vinny Duber from NBC Sports Chicago for joining us here on White Sox Weekly during the rain delay. As it continues to get lighter here, uh, let us bring in our next uh, conversation, and that is with Ryan Cordell. Uh, Ryan uh, coming back from injury himself and uh, started the year with the big league club, then was sent down and then came on back. And uh, here is Ryan as before the ball game today. <laughs> Um, you know, injuries are tough, and yeah, I've dealt with a lot of those throughout my career, but um, I just tried to always stay positive, stay the course. My mom always told me to be thankful for everything, and so just trying to be thankful kind of helps put things into perspective, and um, so I've just always tried to, uh, you know, just do my best, put the work in, and and hope that the results happen, and Fortunately, um, I've been able to work back from some of those injuries and, and get an opportunity now. Which, which was the worst one, the hardest to come back from? Um, probably last year, just um, after having a frustrating injury the year prior and then feeling really good going into the season, having a good spring training and, and feeling good going into the season and then right there in that you know second week of the season, knowing that I was going to miss pretty much most of, the, uh, most of the year. That was tough mentally just to... Um, just to try and stay positive and, and keep grinding um, and, and kind of go through that rehab process again. Um, but uh, I'm here now. So let's go into the, the squeeze bunt. Uh, you you get the signal, and did you? I know that you, you said that you had to d- double, triple check that that was what was going on, and then get your mind ready to do it. Yeah, that was just throughout that at bat. There was um, I had a couple different signs given to me. Um, you know, a safety squeeze, a swing away, a safety squeeze, and then the suicide squeeze. So, just making sure that I was locked in and, and getting the right sign and, and knew what I was um, supposed to do, and then just uh, taking a deep breath and making sure that I was ready to do the job. Would you call yourself a good bunner? 
I would hope so now. I mean, I haven't done a whole lot of bunting in my career prior to the big leagues, but um, since I've been in the big leagues last September and then even this year, I've, uh, I've been called on to bunt quite a few times now, so definitely making that a part of my game. Does, uh, how does that work? Does Todd come to you or does Ricky come to you and say, hey, Ryan, this is something we might ask you to do, or how does that go? Uh, no, I mean, it's it's something that we work on every day. We do it, you know, in every round of BP. And um, so it's something that's been an emphasis throughout my career. It's just more you don't do it a whole lot in the minor leagues. But, you know, when you get to the big leagues and, you know, the the, the situation calls for it, you got to be ready for it. So um, I think it's just kind of um, preparing in spring training. We do a lot of bunting off the machine and, and kind of, get refreshed so um yeah it's just one of those you just got to be ready in the moment well, in the minors you were i'm guessing mostly middle of the order hitter yeah yeah a lot of a lot of two three four um in the order so um not a whole lot of bunting going on but uh i'll, I'll do what i need to do so i'm watching today you're you're in the cage you're going to watch film what are you trying to pick up as far as to get yourself ready for a dig and what are you looking for just kind of trying to visualize the pitcher um see if there's anything that you know any patterns that he falls into um you know in certain counts certain pitches that he likes to go to maybe with a runner in scoring position or um you know when he gets ahead or gets behind just try and pick up on little things and then if you don't really pick up on um any patterns you just want to just get a, a visualization something to some kind of go into your first at bat knowing what the arm action is going to look like maybe what his heater is going to look like out of his hand and then um just have a game plan going in how do you balance i've got all this in my head versus just letting my natural talent take over in the moment yeah that, that's definitely um something as a young player that i've been been juggling and balancing and, and trying to control um this spring training was actually one of the first times where i really um honed in on just not worrying about mechanics whatsoever once i step in the box you know and and kind of more thinking about how i'm feeling um what i'm seeing and trying to be really relaxed and just letting mechanics go and just reacting so trying to do a lot of preparation before the games um like watching film and doing all my cage work but once once i'm on deck and i get you know start walking to the batter's box all that's out the window and it's just more um you know see it feel it trust it so people might not know you're a college guy went to liberty how would you compare your journey to the guy that comes right out of high school like you're you're coming to the minors you got a lot more experience you're, but you're older you got these young you know you got 18 year olds it's a, there's a difference there there's a big difference yeah i mean i think about when i was 18 years old going to college there was no way i would have been prepared to play professional baseball so i give um those guys who get drafted out of high school, you know, go straight into pro ball and make it to the big leagues. I give them a whole lot of credit because um, there's a lot of maturing that you got to do really, really fast. And so um, fortunately I was able to have some of those experiences being off on my own for the first time in college with a, you know, a support system around me. I really enjoyed my time there at Liberty, um, grew a lot personally and, and grew a lot in my baseball abilities so um i'm really thankful for those opportunities i had you were correct me if i'm wrong i'm gonna make another mistake but you, you were an 11th round pick right yeah so you i mean there was no guarantee that you're going to be here at all yeah no there's there's never a guarantee for anyone really um it's a it's a day-to-day process and it's a you know year-to-year process there's been 
a lot of things in my career where I've seen just um, a lot of learning going on, even from how to prepare in an off season, how to prepare during a season, playing a full season, those kind of things. Um, so it's been, um, you know, a slow step-by-step process for me throughout the, you know, through the minor league system and into the big leagues. But um, it's been good. I've learned a lot through it, and I, you know, feel prepared, and um, hopefully, I keep getting opportunities. Can you enjoy it, or is it so much pressure that? You know, hey, I want to stay. I want to be here. I want to perform. But like, I mean, look out here. You're yeah. you're in the big leagues. Yeah, I try and every time I run out to to the outfield um, to start a game, and and the fireworks are going off, and the fans are cheering. I really try and um, just take a second to be thankful for the opportunity I have. And there's definitely been times, even this season, um, where veteran guys have had to remind me, hey, relax, enjoy the moment, enjoy it. You know, it, there's not always going to be success, but as um, as long as you can take a deep breath and enjoy it and realize where you're at, it's going to be a lot, you know, more enjoyable journey. And so, um, that's something that um, I always have to battle because I expect the most out of myself. And you know, uh, sometimes it's just uh, you just got to take a deep breath and, and trust that your ability is going to take over. Who? Uh, let's put some names on it. Who, what veterans get credit for sort of helping you along? Alonzo and. Um, Pito. I mean, they, they both. The other day in the cage, you know, I was had a tough game the night before, I think, and they they could see it on my face, just the stress, and so they just said, "Hey, relax, you know, just relax. It's it's gonna be okay, and enjoy it." And so it's good to have those guys around that kind of put things into perspective and um, just kind of kind of give you that confidence. It's hard though, too, right? Like, relax. If I relax, I'm gonna. You know, I'm gonna get booted up my ass out of here. But, but the other side, it's you know, catch twenty two. If I don't relax and and just let it come to me, then then I'm gonna put myself in in trouble. Yeah, I think the word that's been coming to mind for me recently is just preparation. So I can do, I can work as hard as I can. I can show up to the field early. I can, you know, be in the video room. I can do my work in the cage. So as long as I'm putting forth as much effort as I can to prepare. Then I'll then you know I can go into the game and whether I'm three for four, four for four, zero for four, I can have some peace about the fact that I did everything that I thought I could to put myself in a position to have success. Sometimes it's going to happen, sometimes it's not. Um, but as long as I'm preparing prior to the game, you know I can just kind of let it happen. And so that's what I've been trying to do. Last one for you. Most comfortable spot in the outfield is what? I really don't have one. I've obviously been playing a lot of right field, so I'm feeling comfortable out there now. I've played all three outfield positions in my career, so um, I, I enjoy the ability to be able to play all three. Um, I love playing center field when I've had that opportunity um, in the past. So, um, But anytime I can get out on the field, I don't care where I'm at, I'll try and do my best to help the team win. Yeah, you can play some short too, right? <laughs> well, I, I've been out there. I don't know if I play it very well, but uh, I have played it in the past. So, <laughs> Ryan, great to talk to you. Appreciate you sharing and uh, continued success. Thank you. Ryan Cordell on the journey there, Andy Mazur. Hard not to like him as well. I mean, uh, right? just, just a bunch of uh, really good guys in that clubhouse right now. And, you know, good guys doesn't always mean winning, but, uh, you know, it, it can't hurt because I think that, that uh, the, the level of, of respect in that clubhouse for what, uh, you know, and it was great to hear him talk about and, and name the guys that have 
really been uh, there to help him out uh, in the clubhouse, and it's both first basemen, you know, Jose Abreu and Yonder Alonso. And how about that? Like, those guys are going about their own day, yeah. and Ryan Cordell's been here basically a minute, mm-hmm. and so they're taking enough time just to see a guy and what's going on in his face to, you know, break from what they normally do to say, hey, man, you know, Relax, you know, take a deep breath. You're all right. Come to you. You're here for a reason, and you know, trust the ability that you have, and trust that the organization made the you know the call to bring you up. I just can't imagine being in that position and and being able to sort of just settle it and enjoy it. It would seem it's it's got to be incredibly difficult, right? It's intimidating, I think, because you know you've you've been to where you don't want to be, and that's in AAA and AA and all that kind of thing. And you've you you're here where you want to be, and you know that at any moment. The rug could be pulled out from under you, and for no other reason than it's a numbers game, and you have an option left. And that's really the only. Sometimes that's what it comes down to. It doesn't come down to, hey, we don't think you're very good. It just comes down to, hey, listen, we need a spot, and you're you're a guy that we don't have to expose to waivers and don't have to have a, ch- a chance to lose. And that's what happens. And, and look, there's a lot worse things in life than playing AAA baseball or AA baseball. I mean, if you love the game, like we were talking about with the with the pitcher today for the for the Blue Jays, right? But at the same time, these guys have worked so hard to get here. It's and you know you get family and friends mm-hmm. and all that stuff you have yeah. and yourself. Very true. So anyway, I, I I always appreciate that part of it. Okay, White Sox weekly until the bottom of the hour. It is getting lighter out here, mm-hmm. but uh, yes, I think we're going to continue to talk some baseball after five thirty as well. Unless Dave Zaslowski has another plan, which, uh, you know, he's always cooking something up around here. White Sox Weekly on 720 WGN. Stand by, White Sox fans. If you look to your left, above the kid zone, I don't know if you can see this, Andy, from your viewpoint. I can't, but I'll, I'll stand up and look. Blue sky, baby. Blue sky. Mr. Blue Sky. Uh, Hello. Nice, uh, nice song. A sliver of blue sky. I see it now. There it is. Baseball's got to be coming up here. Uh, the grounds crew is staring at the field. They have not been put into duty just yet. The fans, what is left here at Guaranteed Rate Field? We started with 22,000-plus, but what is left here? They are sitting in the seats, perhaps uh, dealing with a wet underwear situation. What are you pointing at to me there, Dave Zaslowski? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're uh, the umpires. Uh, uh, the umpires. Roger Bossard, both managers are standing right behind home plate, yeah. Yeah. right in front of your face. Uh, right, right. I see that. Okay, we got umpires discussing, managers discussing. The umpires are not wearing their standard hats and whatnot, just showing the actual. Okay, here we go. Us, us. You can hear the cheers, or maybe you can't, but I can hear a couple. The grounds crew is moving out, and we are. Going to have the removal of the tarp, which is always a very significant moment in a rain delay. So baseball is around the corner at some point here. We'll give you a start time when we have it. And a reminder that managed by Chicago's famous Gibson's restaurant, Shy Sox Bar and Grill is the official pre- and post-game headquarters of the Chicago White Sox. It's located at Gate 5. Shy Sox is open to all fans with or without a ticket. Be sure to take advantage of half-priced appetizers after Every home game, get your tickets today at WhiteSox.com. How come you haven't invited me to the Shy Sox Bar, Mazer? Uh, listen, you're the one reading the commercial. I figured you had the hookup, so I'm waiting for my invite. Ah, well played. I was in there yesterday. I know you were. You were doing a little TV. They they do a they do a great appetizer. They do a nice beverage. It's a good environment. I've had some of their food next door uh, in uh, booth number four. The, yeah, uh, the main radio booth here. Ed and DJ are always having the Shy Sox Bar. They, they bring in the good stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was. Uh, 
Paul's ring, who's hanging out, good to see you. Who also, by the way, loves a trip to the Boundary Waters. If you are going to the Boundary Waters, you can get a hold of Zerang. He wants to go. White Sox fans, join us on Friday, May 31st for 80s night and a post-game fireworks show. It's presented by Great Clips. Great Clips. It's going to be great. Purchase your tickets today by visiting whitesox.com or calling 866-SOX-GAME. And there they go. The tarp is being pulled. The tarp with 20 hardworking tarpologists are tarping it off right now. Let's see what we got here at Mazer. Look at the look at the infield, and you tell me how long it's going to take to get this infield ready to go. I'm taking a little less than an hour. Come on. You think that long? No way. Come on. This hey, is a Roger Bosser hey, again, crew. Again, factor in that the pitchers have to warm up. Factor in you got a rechalk part of the field here. Factor in that the mound hasn't been touched. Factor in that the plate hasn't been touched. And that there's a swamp between first and second right now. All right. I said, what did I say, 608? Yeah, I, think I, think you're, right. I think you're light. I think I'm going to be right on target. I'm feeling very good about my prediction right now. <laughs> All right, let's, quick timeout. News coming up at 530. Thank you to everyone for helping out on White Sox Weekly. We'll continue with Randall Lee Theater after the 530 news. But uh, that is, let's get a quick timeout, 720 WGN.